Hello and welcome to Millennial Musings. I'm Isabella. And I'm Gladys. And we are just two opinionated millennials who have made dumb mistakes. What we want to do here is share our experiences and offer the advice that we wish we had received. And disclaimer, we are not therapists or life coaches and we have no actual criteria to be giving advice whatsoever. But we could be your new bestie or big sister. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some millennial musings. How have you been? I have been good. I'm recovering from my sleep deprivation of having that comes with having a puppy. <laughs> um, anyone, if there's any weird sound in the background, she might be running around going crazy. Um, but otherwise, I've been good. It's been cold. It is really cold now. It is um, really cold. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah, not much has been happening. I have the same day every day. I'm living Groundhog Day, same routine every day, <laughs> playing with a puppy, cleaning up poo, going outside. I, I, re- I just realized um, today that you only got her, yeah, like last weekend. And it's Sunday now. You got her last Saturday. So I got I- her last Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, did we record? Oh yeah, we recorded on Wednesday. Oh yes, we yeah. did. <laughs> that was the late night recording. <laughs> we did, we did. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyway, I felt like it had been. I feel like it's been longer. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, you'll have to introduce her at some point. Yeah, we'll introduce her to the musings community at some point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, how have you been? How was your weekend? I- how was your birthday? Oh, it was good. It was good. What did I do? <laughs> um, yeah, on my birthday was on um Tuesday, like what was last Tuesday. So on Monday, um, my boyfriend took me to Dishoom, which is an Indian restaurant. It's there's several in London, but I'd never been and it was one that I like I always wanted to go to but it's usually fully booked and whatever so we went we finally went there I loved it it's really good it's a really nice night oh it's my favorite Indian restaurant I mean some people might roll their eyes who know no other authentic Indian restaurants but I love me some yeah I really liked it um and yeah then the next day we went for a big walk in London and we went to like my favorite bookshop so I'd made a little route um, of like I don't know five or six bookshops that we did and I kind of well I managed to only buy four books which was good but I have added at least 50 to my wish list (laughs) that's what happens when I go into bookstores I just start taking pictures of every book and then I look it up later to see like okay is this really something I would want and nine out of ten it is so yeah (laughs) That sounds really lovely. It sounds very, very cozy. Yeah, it was good. It was very cozy. Yeah, it's nice. So you're 31. Oh my god! Do you feel different? Do you feel wiser? (laughs) Don't even. (laughs) Um, no. But (laughs) however, I will say that so far, I really do think that your 30, like my 30s, has been great so far. I think I don't know. I've just really, there's just so much that I have learned, like about myself and everything, and especially this past year as well. If and I'm actually writing a blog post about this now, but I've really just the main thing for me has been I've kind of let go of like 
like I stopped caring about anything as in I just don't feel embarrassed or like cringe anymore whereas before I was always so like oh but this will look embarrassing or like you know like oh but I'm trying to achieve this goal but I don't want people to see that I'm trying to get so like the podcast is a good example I was always like oh but that's so embarrassing if then like it doesn't do well and now I'm like no because we're just trying something and it just feels good and it's nice and we're all gonna die and with my lifestyle probably quite soon so so who cares like I just want to have a bit of fun oh we're here for a good time not a long time oh definitely Um, I love that I actually I'm looking forward to my 30s I'm gonna turn 30 coming August I had to think about that for a second but I'm watching again bringing it back to the Kardashians um and at some point this season or last season Chloe was all about being really excited to turn 40 because she's 39 now and how she how the 30s for her which is quite exhausting because of all the shit that happened with like Tristan and the baby and whatever well girl like yeah you know. <laughs> but she said she's currently in her shedding year like she's gonna like a snake she's gonna shed off all the bad stuff and then enters her 40s feeling glorious and I'm like I'm my 20s have been good and exhausting at the same time I'm really excited for my 30s so I'm like in my shedding era right now <laughs> and then, until I hit my 30s I'm gonna get rid of that dead skin and yeah be glorious me hopefully when I'm 30. <laughs> I love that you you shed away girl. <laughs> I'm gonna shed away. <laughs> I think I've really done that yeah but yeah. Also, yes I mean Chloe Chloe deserves some peace and quiet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, she does. <laughs> I love me some Chloe. She's definitely my favorite. Now that I have actually started watching it, she's, yeah, she's my favorite. Yeah, I, will say. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Although I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who does not care about this. But like, I don't understand how they keep being so nice to these men. I'm sorry. Like the whole thing. Now, where I'm now, like Tristan lives with her and everything. And then Chris acts like with all these men who have treated her daughters horribly. She's like, they're part of the family. They're basically my children. Like, what? Yeah, Chloe Chloe did say, if someone would do this in the future to my daughter, I would kill him with my bare hands and I would smile doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that should be the reaction. Yeah, and from the previews I've seen in this new season, Courtney is kind of the only one who's like, yeah, but I'm not vibing with this whole thing, though. Whereas everyone else is like, oh, but you have such good energy, Trista. Like, you're such a good man. Like, is he? (laughs) Is he? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, well, okay. So that's the conditions ticked off for today. Yeah. Um, Well, should should we get into today's episode and... Get the people what they came for. Give the people what they came for. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's do it. Today's episode is the first of our friendship theme. We're both very excited about this theme. We say that every time, but honestly, we always have are. Been, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are excited. Um, and today we will discuss the question why do friendships change or end as we get older? Yes, yes, yes. And how do we deal with that when they do? Um, and to prepare for this, because you know we're professionals, uh, we have <laughs> we have read the book "Friendaholic: Confessions of a Friendship Addict" by Elizabeth Day. Um, she in that book basically she talks about her own experience and like the different kinds of friendships, and because the the 
the idea or the concept of the book is that she realized that she used to make friends just kind of for the sake of it and because she wanted to be that person that has a lot of friends and everything and she has realized that that's just not sustainable and also that doesn't give you the best quality of friendships um so yeah and she kind of talks to her closest friends in the book as well so we kind of get to know them and it's very interesting because it's very different friendships that she um she has and I think that just goes for many people so yeah I've really learned I mean I think it has definitely given me the structure for this episode where it was like oh yeah I want to discuss this and oh yeah like I would read a quote and be like oh yeah I have this to say about that so yeah I I really like the book as well I would recommend it yeah it's a really good book and it definitely makes you think about how you yourself approach friendships as well. Um, I do have to say, I read a bit less than Gladys did. <laughs> but I did also do some research online, read several articles, watched some YouTube videos, talked to people what they think about friendships. And, well, I talked to friends, <laughs> not to strangers. Um, and, yeah, should we, just, should we just get into it? Yes. I have so many... I have so many thoughts on this topic and probably also quite like I don't know conflicting thoughts or like vague yeah. thoughts so yeah let's see if we can all try and make sense of it together yes or if not if it doesn't make sense at least we let it all out cathartic yeah. cathartic how do you say cathar yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. catharsis yes. <laughs> yeah yeah whatever <laughs> trying to sound smart it's not working um but okay so um when we decided we're gonna have a theme like this well the first thing that came to me was like when I was like in my mid-20s or I feel like for maybe a lot of people that could be the case like early 20s mid-20s our social circle is quite big maybe not big but like the number is just a bit higher than it is now but we get to that um and it seems quite stabilized you have like the, the routines with those friends like you see them maybe at the same bar or you go out on the weekends and like you just have the things you do with certain friends and you yeah it's pretty predictable but you enjoy it and you might think that these people will be a ride or die um but then you get closer and closer to to your 30s or you turn 30 or you're in your 30s um and then you realize that some friendships just seem a bit different than before or you might have lost a few or you are in the midst of losing friends or you just like it just doesn't feel as stable as it did before and I think with that comes like some sort of stigma because like admitting only having two or one or no really close friends seems like something most people are embarrassed about um, and it's not really talked about that much and therefore that stigma that this is embarrassing stays but I actually don't think it's something people should be embarrassed about at all and I don't also don't think it's a red flag um, just because you're in a period of your life where friendships might be a bit more rare or it might just all be a bit more complicated because there can be several reasons right you might have outgrown your friends your friends might have outgrown you maybe you moved around a lot you never really had the opportunity to get very close with someone maybe you just are a very big boss bitch and you just love to focus on your job and it takes up most of your time health issues that don't allow you to go out there's like so many reasons maybe you just prefer and are very content with being yourself like there's nothing wrong about this 
it can be circumstantial, can be by choice. But yeah, I just think after having read about this, watched videos, like I said, talked to people, experiencing changes in my own friendships, um, I think even though it can feel really hard, it can also be a time where you reassess your own values, like what friendship really looks like to you, what your boundaries are, how much capacity you have for people, and just start afresh. Yeah, and I think um, if anything, I think it's a good sign, and that is something that in society we see people who like who end friendships or who yeah have lost quite a few friendships or whatever. We see that as a bad thing when I actually think that it can be quite good. Like if yeah, it can be that you're someone who has just grown a lot and who's not afraid and is just very confident in themselves to end relationships that doesn't that don't serve them and I think that that's actually a really good thing yeah yeah I'll get to that as well later on um but first well I was thinking about okay what does a friend mean to me and then I kind of tried finding some definitions and I think everyone probably has a different one I found one that says it's a state of enduring affection intimacy and trust between two people which I really liked and that kind of brings me to my first point um which is that when you look at this definition for me at least that is what that means to me it is some someone that you have a relationship with that like you would reach out to whether it's to hang out, whether it's to um, just talk about things if, if you're going through something or because you actively care what they're going through. So not everyone is your friend. And I feel very like everyone who knows me knows that I am very passionate about this. I feel like if you're and I know that there's quite a few people who um, call people friends who then when you kind of hear how that like you know like then it then it turns out that they've only that they've had drinks a couple of times or like that it's more like a friend of a friend and that to me is not a friend and um that also well actually what I wanted to say to your point about not having that many friends um what I read in the book as well is that sometimes we might think that people who have many friends um are more appealing to us that we're like oh we definitely want to be friends with those people but actually research shows that it's the other way around people actually think um more highly of people who have a more select group of friends and I definitely have that as well because I feel like and definitely as I get older if you call basically anyone your friend, that tells me that you don't take friendship that seriously. Because, and this is, of course, um, one of the, I don't know, maybe issues that comes with friendship is that we use basically one word for so many different categories because you can be best friends, like the closest friends and your friends. And then you you will also refer to people that you go out with as friends or something. Um, so... Yeah, we use that word, but I feel like we use that word very casually sometimes. And I don't think it should be like, I think it should have a similar meaning to, I mean, you wouldn't call anyone your partner or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I don't think you should just call anyone your friend, actually. Uh, and like I said, my friends know that I feel very passionately about this. And one of my friends, I think, 
probably told this to one of their friends. So kind of like we like me and that other person, we know each other. We're like, we have what we have a friend in common. Um, and I think they told that person that like, oh, Gladys, yeah, feels like not everyone is her friend or whatever. And then apparently she reacted and she was like, oh, so she probably doesn't think that her and I are friends. And when he told me, I was like, no, no, I don't. And that's not a bad thing. Like, that doesn't mean I don't like you. That doesn't mean I don't have fun with you when we do meet up with that other friend there. But there is no relationship between us. Like, we would never reach out to each other to talk about things. We would never, like, you know, there is nothing. There is no... Yeah, like that definition says intimacy, trust or enduring affection. And that is fine because you just cannot have that with everyone, especially as you get older. So I'm just very, I'm very big on like, we should normalize just saying it's a friend of a friend or an acquaintance or something, someone that I see sometimes. Not everyone is your friend. I don't know. There's just, I mean, I think we like the word acquaintances, for example, if we refer to someone like that, it's considered as such a like a bad thing or like, oh, is that all they are to you? But like, yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. you know. And I really, like I said, as I get older as well, and as I value friendship more as well, it's kind of, you know, I once, I had a friend once who was talking about a person that was like part of their friend group. And they said something about that person, like, oh, they're, they're our friend, but they're the friend that we kind of like the least. And that has always stuck with me because I thought that was such a weird thing because then I'm like, okay, but if you call that person a friend and you call me a friend, then what does that say about our friendship? <laughs> then do you turn around and feel that way to say that about me as well, you know? So I honestly just feel like if you're the kind of person who just calls everyone a friend, that just makes me feel like you don't take the relationship that we have that seriously. Yeah, I agree. It's what she says in the book, right, um, Elizabeth Day, where she's like, if you have a friend that treats you quite badly or you allow them to treat you in a certain way, then what does it say about me as your friend if you just allow everyone to be your friend? Oh, yeah, that was that was a bit that and I have this as a paragraph in my notes as well. Um yeah, also around like setting limits and everything. Um, but yeah, she had a friend who they were very close. And then she and then that other person kind of started ignoring her more and more. And then they ran into each other on the street and that other woman completely blanked her. And then she was talking about this to a male friend. And she was like, yeah, I really want still want to like make up and everything. And then that friend was like, I would think less of you and I would think less of our friendship if you took her back and if you became close friends with her again, because that will just tell me that you will be friends with anyone. And that will tell me something about how you value our friendship as well. And I was like, whoa, but yes, that explains perfectly how I feel. <laughs> and yeah. I've never I've never really had like the right words maybe to express that, but that's how I feel as well. If I feel like, yeah, you will just be friends with people that you don't even like that much, then... Yeah, what does that say about us, yeah. you know? And, you know, so obviously we had like a little definition of what friendship means. And like I said twice now, <laughs> I agree with that definition. But what I then also started thinking about because of the book was why I want to befriend people. But so in the book, um, Elizabeth 
mentions a study where the contestants were asked what the reasons are that lead or led them to befriend someone. Um, and what they had to do was name several reasons and one, rank them from one to however many they came up with, um, with one being the highest ranking. And then the two reasons I have written down was the number one reason, which had which answer was to have someone there to support you. And then the number two reason was, so they do not feel lonely. And yeah, I started thinking why I want to befriend people. And then I thought, well, not too long ago, I would have probably said to not feel lonely. But now I would say it's not, it's because I want to have a connection with someone that can understand you and like have someone you can have more than surface levels conversations with. Of course, you will have small talk with friends and family members are very close to you as well, but you can't have those deeper conversations with everyone. Um, so I guess in short, the answer is to have someone to connect with and go through life with in a way. And that to me is similar, like we already mentioned, to like finding a romantic partner. Like I think it finding a really good friend is as hard as falling in love like you have to be lucky kind of to find that friendship crush that you're gonna have like I feel like that spark that everyone talks about with like romantic partners can also be a thing in friendships yes I agree I think so as well <laughs> Good. you can I'm definitely glad. be in in love platonically I think yeah yeah definitely you, think so but yes you can't have valuable and close affectionate relationships with like 20, 20 people. people you just you just can't and also as you get older definitely why you make friends I think or the reasons why you want to maintain a friendship I think change because um I think having less friends in your 30s for example is perfectly normal because when you're young when you're a teenager or whatever you're often friends because it's convenient because you live in the same place or you go to the same school and you see each other every day or you bond over like I don't know liking a show like both liking Harry Potter whatever I do actually have a friend who I bonded with over that but we are still close friends to this day um but that that can be all it takes like that's enough when you're a certain age when you're young but when you get older your friendship has to withstand a lot more. Like you, you might move to a different country, as in, as is the case with us. You might get seriously ill. You might have children. You might get married. You might get divorced. Like there are so many things that happen, and it becomes a lot more about like what kind of person are you, and how much energy are you willing to put into this friendship. Yeah, I don't know if it was in her book now, or if I read it somewhere else, but it was even in an article. But it was talking about you need capacity you need to make sure what kind of capacity do I have to be friends with that person and does the person have the same capacity for me which means you might go through something really horrible and you need that person you need a support system and is that person capable of being there for you um and vice yeah. versa yeah that, yes that was that was in the book where she also talks about like how it's important when you meet someone to really think about okay what impression am I giving this person um, because it happened with her a couple of times that she that in her mind it was like oh we live in the same neighborhood now so we can go for coffee every couple of weeks or whatever but then the other person really got the impression like oh we're really close and we will be on the phone every day and whatever and you just have to be honest with yourself as well like do I have the capacity to give that to this person 
um, in this moment in time because maybe not and maybe you already have close relationships and you just don't have the capacity to develop anymore and and yeah that is fine but I think it is good to think about that and that's definitely something that when I was younger as well I had that thing of like oh but if I have a lot of close friends then that will make me this kind of person you know um whereas yeah no because I, I think you can just you do have a finite amount of affection and support that you can offer and like we said you can't give give that to to 20 you can't be a good friend to 20 people no so I don't think we should try to be as well um yeah yeah I think one problem that we have with relate with friendship relationships is that we are kind of under we get underprepared for those kind of relationships like you grow up or you don't even have to grow up you just go into a bookstore and you will find several books about how men tick how to get the man of your dream <laughs> like what you have to do all these kind of self-help books to land a relationship um and then you don't get any really on how to make friends how to maintain friendships like all of those things aren't really set as important and i think that's also why with friendships they can get really weird. And I know we're going to have a whole episode about this, but like there's never, when a friendship ends, there's not often a clear cutoff point or when you have friendship issues, how is it going to be handled? Like you don't, in a romantic relationship, you're angry at each other, maybe you have a little discussion and then you take five or take some time, calm down, you get together, you apologize, you try to make it all good again. And with friendships, I feel like everything's always like in such a gray zone, like you might have an argument, but then... Like we had an issue, right, <laughs> last year. And then, yeah, we took some time to cool off. But then we had a grown-up conversation about it. And I feel like that's why it's working, because we can talk about it when we upset each other. And it's not normal or talked about within friendships. It's always just like when you fight with your partner, you got to do this. And like there's just no, yeah, there are no guidelines really. And I think you should be able to set guidelines. Or when you meet someone in a dating scenario, Often there are people who's like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want to have fun. That should be a thing with friends as well. Like if you are just looking, you have a close group of friends, but they don't really like going out and you're a real party girl, then you might just find some people who you can really just go out with. But then you should be able to communicate that. Yes, you should. And that's the thing. We just don't have that terminology or it's just not considered normal like it most people would probably find it a bit weird if you'd be like okay so here's exactly what I want out of this relationship when that's not weird with romantic relationships um or sexual relationships they can be very defined like what what are we what are we not um but with friends you kind of fall into it like before you know it you hang out a lot and then maybe and that's why often it happens that one person thinks that you're closer than the other person thinks. And that is extremely painful. And I've been on both sides of this scenario. But then also also with um, romantic relationships, like it, it wouldn't be normal to just not talk for like a couple of months the way that you would maybe with friendships if you yeah need some space. Um, or with romantic relationships, it would be like, okay, we have a problem. Well, of course, not always because there's romantic partners who will just disappear out of nowhere as well. we're talking about a healthy romantic relationship. <laughs> yeah yeah because in a healthy romantic relationship you will talk and then you know be like we might go to therapy or whatever but then with friends you don't really so it gets to 
into muddy waters very quickly where you're like where are where do we stand what is this like yeah it's just not it's just not that um clearly defined and then also of course with friendships it's um yeah like with romantic relationships um in many cases the agreement kind of is that you have one partner of course not always but well then that is also very clearly defined whereas with friends it's like okay are we each other's best friends do you have like five best friends like what you you just don't know it there is always that question of like do, does the other person feel the same way about this friendship and often you realize no and and that is just very that's a very painful thing yeah it can be really can be but we're gonna have a whole episode about friendship breakup for everyone so stay tuned <laughs> yes um I also wanted to say kind of like what you said there also just has to be that safety with friends that you can bring these things up because yeah I've had I've had situations where I felt afraid to bring things up or I would bring things up and then it would get super awkward and then I would feel silly or like I would be like why did I even think I could just bring this up I should have known that this would become a whole thing but that's not yeah that's not healthy yeah you shouldn't have you shouldn't have friendships where talking about the issue makes you anxious like again compared to a romantic relationship if I would have an issue I could sit down and say look this is how this and this made me feel and then we have a conversation about it but I feel like often with friends and I don't want to go into gender specifics, but I feel like especially with female friends, it can be quite tricky having these conversations sometimes. Well, it shouldn't be, but it can be. <laughs> um, because, yeah. yeah. Well, my, exa- my example was a man, but I think there was there was also some other tension going on there, probably. Uh, um, but yeah. <laughs> wait, I'm going to cut this out. Was it Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't get to cut this out. <laughs> Okay, so also, while I was Googling, researching the topic of friends, I came across quite a few articles that said that millennials specifically are like, um, sorry, described as one of the most lonely generations. And I kept digging and, and I found a study done by the market research company YouGov, YouGov, um and yeah they basically said that the social media generation is the one that feels the most alone and that their new data which was in 2022 finds that millennials report feeling lonely much more often than their gen x and baby boomer counterparts there are 30 percent of millennials that say they always or often feel lonely um just one in five so 20% members of Generation X say the same, and even fewer baby boomers, namely 15% report feeling lonely with the same frequency. And that was a US study. Millennials also are more likely than older generations to report that they have no acquaintances, which would be 25% of millennials in this case. 22% say they have no friends, and 27% say they have no close friends. And 30% say that they have no best friends. Um, but the majority, so 70% of all of those millennials that were rec- like tested, not tested, 
questioned in the study, uh, do report that they have at least one best friend. And nearly half, namely 49%, say that they have between one and four close friends. But that, like I said, was all like US-based. I wanted to know how the UK feels about this. I couldn't find a study specifically on millennials, but like a general study about friendships, not related to any age group. But in that study, 51% said that they find it very difficult to make new friends. 35% said making friends is fairly difficult to them. And then 16% said it's very difficult for them. And then I'm going to be done with all the numbers in a second. But I just found it really interesting because there were 28% of those people that also said they don't have a best friend. Um, and it was more men than women who actually stated that. And then 37% said having a friend they don't really bother to see. And that's a bit weird, I think. Um, and then also 9% of those people have a friend that they don't really like. And that's where I think, well, it's not a friend then, is it? <laughs> it's just an acquaintance. Yes. Or the frenemy. <laughs> or the frenemy. We're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the social media thing, and Elizabeth talks about this in the book as well, I think that heavily depends on the kind of person that you are because she says that she's the kind of person who does not feel less close to someone if they're only in touch on social media. And I think for me, I mean, you know, we both moved abroad. I think for me, it has been a godsend. Like it, it is really, it's such an easy way to stay in touch with people, even if it's just a quick message here and there. So I would definitely think for me, social media has been beneficial. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I completely understand that there has to be that face-to-face -face contact as well. But in some situations or like, what we all went through for two years that's that also was not an option so in that case I would say thank thank god for social media yeah I agree I was when I was reading this I was all thinking well what part of social media is being blamed for that it does it did say there is no exact study what part of social media makes people feel lonelier so they couldn't say what it is but I was thinking the same like for friends which I, I don't always I'm really bad at texting I say it all the time um or having phone calls because I kind of dislike phone calls. Um, then I'm like, I'm glad I can just send a meme. And sometimes they're really cheesy memes like, hey, know that I think about you. I'm just really busy and I don't forget you, blah, blah, blah. Like you can just send these quick messages that are already pre-made in a nice little post to your friends to make them aware that you think of them. And I think for that, social media is also really good. Or you just send a funny reel. Like I said, I say this all the time, but honestly, it's just like, hey, you know, this made me think of you. So that, that's a nice thing. Even if you can't talk properly for like a month, at least the person still has your mind and you have them still in your mind. Yeah, it is. It is so fascinating to me how like on the one hand, and I mean me, me too, but like on the one hand we say, oh, friendship should have the, should hold the same weight as romantic relationships because friendship yeah. breakups can be just as painful but then on the other hand the things that we do with friends we would never like in a relationship it's not yeah. normal to not talk for a month it's not normal to send a meme and, yeah 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 and not, of course. you know so that is the thing where I'm just like yeah but we do but then of course again that comes down to the thing like with a partner in societal according to societal norms you have like one partner who is yeah. that and one I feel person. like 
I feel like there's also must be some. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but or scientist. But I feel like with like a romantic relationships, there's a lot of different hormones involved as well compared to a friendship. And you have to, most romantic couples also have the physical aspect, like, and you kind of re- literally set up your whole life together. Like, you try to create a home and you try to plan the future and all that stuff. So obviously, it will take up a lot more of your capacity than a friendship in a way. Um, but yeah, it is quite controversial because we want to put it on the same level. But then it's like, yeah, but that is the person I definitely will spend my life, try and spend my life with, you know? It's 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 weird. It's a weird one. But we did say we won't find an answer. We're just trying to make sense of it all. <laughs> yes. Um, I did really like that concept of that you actually, because you started reading the book first and then you explained this in a voice note already before I started reading it, that concept of stretching. Um, what was it exactly that you kind of you need to think about friendships like a muscle that you train? that you can stretch yeah or you can yeah. train to stretch a certain distance or wherever muscle stretches into I don't know but yes and and basically that like both parties need to be willing to put Did in the work, work. Yeah. yeah which yes because that made me think about my friendships and how I don't know it's like with certain friendships it feels like it's you know because you know I moved just like you I live abroad most of my close friends live in Belgium and there are friends with whom it just feels like it's zero effort to be part of each other's daily life you know like my my best friend and I and I've discussed this before we send each other voice notes basically we never call because I (laughs) just like you I absolutely hate phone calls uh we don't even video chat or anything we just we just message every day, but I feel like we're closer. We de- we're definitely closer than than ever than even before when we lived in the same city, um, and it's so effortless. Like it's just so normal. Um, every time something happens to me, or I feel like oh my god, I need I need to tell this to someone, then she's still the first person that I will do that to. Um, and then with other friendships, it feels like you both really want to stay in touch but it's such a thing and I think it just really depends on also the types of people that you are and also just the nature of the friendship because with some friends like if we didn't talk for weeks or even a couple of days it would be weird like it would it would be an issue it would be like what on earth is happening even with us now I feel like like if we wouldn't talk for a couple of days it would be like what's going on (laughs) actually this reminds me I have this one friend we send each other random messages sometimes so she basically sent me a message saying if your boyfriend would kill you um how long would it take for you to be missed and I was like oh my god probably quite a while because I don't talk that regularly with people um and then she did remind me what wouldn't Gladys worry (laughs) I was like yeah probably if I don't show at least if I wouldn't show up to the next podcast recording (laughs) I would. I feel like you and Azina are probably the two people who would be like, what? I think Azina would, she would call the police after like a week or something. (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely always on top of my my WhatsApp, um, what do you call it? 
messages yeah, list yeah. yeah oh yeah but no like you said I think um I'm gonna be a bit vulnerable here right now but that's what we're here for <laughs> maybe you, someone can relate but yeah I do definitely feel like in the past I don't know I don't know a few months half a year it has become a bit more of an effort to stay in touch with some people like some of my people who I actually think are very close friends of mine. It's just, I don't know, it's a lot going on in my life as well. And it's just like, I don't know. That's why I'm saying I'm kind of in my shedding phase. I'm trying to figure things out and where I'm going to go. And um, I have a few points written down about how I want to redefine and relearn friendships. And I'm not going to say all of them in one long um in one breath but one of the ones one of the points fits quite well and it says to not expect friendships to just manage themselves because it's convenient for you to not do too much work in it like just as you address the way you want to be loved or tended to by a romantic partner again sometimes friendships need updated guidelines and like a conversation on how to best show up for the people we love and again you can have really close and really good friends and it might really work for you all that you just message each other once a month or have a phone call once a month or meet up once a month but for some people is you just need a bit more there just needs to be more and that's why yeah you should have those conversations in a way yes yeah I was I was thinking about that as well um and then I was wondering okay why are there friends that I've been friends with for a long time and I don't mind not talking to them for weeks and then we are still close and then when we do talk it's just normal and we are and we're still it's just like nothing has changed um I think it's because yeah again just the nature of the friendship and how it's always been I think I think when it gets awkward and when it gets a little bit like you probably need a conversation around it is when you were used to you're like used to more like being in touch more or there was a point where you were in touch every day and then it gets to a place where texts go unanswered for weeks or something um because yes I definitely have different levels or frequencies of staying in touch with people I mean my friend my friend Tim and I we don't really talk well we do sometimes (laughs) but we don't really we don't really I don't know message a lot during the week or whatever but we have a Skype session once a month where we just have a long conversation and we read together and we just have our cameras on and we just read our book and we catch each other up and everything. Um, and then my friend Jonas and I, sometimes we don't talk for weeks, which is also not weird because it has always been that way, but he regularly comes over or he calls me spontaneously. And he's actually one of the very few people that if he calls me, I will pick up. Uh, um, even unannounced um or sometimes I will just send him a 15 minute voice note or sometimes he will send me a voice note out of nowhere and then we just send voice notes for an evening and then that's nice and then we we're just we've updated each other as well um but he also actively makes that effort to come over and everything and then my best friend and I like I said we never call but we send voice notes every day and then there are friends who you're maybe friends with because of mostly because of shared history or something where it's like you're not that in each other's lives every day but then there is still that relationship and yeah I was also thinking that sometimes and I've definitely felt this over the years that sometimes I feel a bit sad that I don't have that kind of 
friendship that Elizabeth also describes in, in the book where it's like you come over unannounced and you just watch reality TV together for hours and hours and you drink wine and like the sitcom kind of friendships that you see. Um, but I feel like, yeah, in reality, especially when you're older, I don't know. It's just... Sorry, I know what you mean. And I kind of am also like sometimes sad that I don't have that. But then when I give myself a reality check, if I'm on the sofa on Sunday, I finally manage to sit down and I'm kind of cozy and I'm about to have a little nap. And then the doorbell rings, I would be like, no, please. <laughs> Need some silence. Don't come it. over and out. <laughs> I'm too much of a hermit to have that kind of relationship with anyone. <laughs> I feel called out now <laughs> because I would probably be the same. I would be like, uh, I wasn't planning to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. I mean, imagine you're about to chill and you got a knock on the door. And yeah, I'm hella glad it's I bought some crisps and wine. Let's watch the real housewives. <laughs> you'd you'd be you probably think I got kicked out of a flat. I would find that odd, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, I would. And I feel like, yeah, when you <laughs> when you get older. It just becomes so much more of a of a thing. You just have so much going on. Like you and I don't live in the same city, so it is quite a hassle. Like it requires a lot of. I mean, that would make it even weirder the fact that I just randomly travel one and a half hours. <laughs> that you voluntarily travelled into London <laughs> in an on an evening. <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's true. I mean, yes, like we we've all seen the sitcom friendships and be like, oh, why do I not have that? But yeah, in in reality, I guess in sitcoms, people also don't work. They always have time to sit around the coffee shop. Somehow have the most fabulous flats in the most expensive cities. Like, yeah, yes, very. But true. of course, it is possible to have these friendships even when you live in different countries. Like, I would say I have one friend. I mean. Are we even friends or are we family? I don't know, but we've known each other since babies. Like, we've never not known each other, basically, all of our lives. And with her, it's completely fine when there's a period of nothingness because there's just... It's like with my brother. Like, we don't communicate as much as I do with some of my friends, but I know that person's just always there. It's like that safety blanket. Oh, smashed my microphone. But, yeah, I don't think that happens a lot. And like I said, it's like you have to get lucky to meet friends like that or like people you really connect with, like have the deep connection. Yes. But then again, it's that thing of like you don't usually in most cases don't really break up with friends as in there's no point where you're like, now we're not friends anymore. Well, sometimes like, I, I have had that, but not usually not. Um, so then there's that thing of like, when is it normal to not? talk for a couple of months and still be friends and when when do you feel like are we still friends it is just it's so vague all of it is so vague yeah I mean the thing with that friend that just mentioned who I've known since baby we like even when we don't talk at all like I said again there's something sent or shared on Instagram at least and it gets liked or hearted like there's still a sense of haven't forgotten you kind of vibe there or we just directly tell each other, like, look, there's so much going on. I need to sort my mind out. I'm sorry. I'm not reaching out. Like, there's awareness and communication there. Why there's no communication? 
in a way still, but it doesn't take long to just say, I think about you, but I'm really busy. I'm sorry. Like that doesn't take long. That doesn't take a lot of emotions or capacity to do. So, yeah. No, it doesn't. No. And again, that's why, why I think social media has been a good thing for me because it can literally just be something like sending each other a reel or just commenting on each other's stories, even something as ridiculous as that. You know, I mean, I sometimes feel guilty that, you know, I have a friend, I've been friends with her for, I don't know, 15 plus years or something. She has a baby now and I feel like I like maybe don't reach out to her enough or something. Um and then those can be very tiny things when like you comment on a story of that baby or something and then you kind of have a very short conversation. Like <laughs> sometimes that is just all it takes to just still make sure that you that they know that you care about them. Um because yeah again there's with friends there's no there's also no labeled stages or anything which uh is mentioned in the book as well with relationships it's like okay now we're dating now they're living together now we get married and it's very clear what kind of commitment you're making to each other but with friends you don't have that you're never really you never really ask each other to commit to each other in a certain way um actually in the book she mentions on this um not desperate housewives why do i keep mixing these two up the real housewives of whatever i don't even know which one um that there was one person who made a friendship contract and it was considered very weird people were like what is this um but then actually <laughs> then uh elizabeth the author was like yeah it would maybe be nice if you could do that if you could just have um because I have I have really struggled with that as well especially growing up that feeling of like yeah but this can end at any time and you never really know what the other person thinks like it, it might be that I think that we're very close and the other person doesn't and I always really used to struggle with that thing that you never really commit to each other or you're never like oh, we're going to be friends forever, which of course is not realistic any anyway. I mean, it, of course it is. Some people are friends forever, but, and I hope that I'm friends with forever, but. It's as unrealistic as saying, I'm going to be in love with you forever when you get married. Like, it's the same unrealistic. You just never, never know. <laughs> it is. It is, but we still make that commitment, even though we know there's there's a chance it will not work out. But then with friends, we don't, we just don't do that. Um, but then also when, we do end friendships, like we said in the beginning, when you're someone who has maybe, yeah, like shedded a lot of friendships, then well, I'm not uh, shedding friendships, I'm just shedding my 20s. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't want to get anyone to get this in the wrong <laughs> get this the wrong way. No, that sounds mean. But when you when you grow out of a lot of friendships, let's put it that way. When you grow out of a lot of friendships, um then sometimes people can look at that and be like, oh, she can't have long-term friendships or something like what's her issue whereas if a relationship doesn't work out then people find that kind of normal because friendship uh, relationships just don't always work out so then why do we assume that with friends you can't outgrow each other because you absolutely can yeah definitely I think well one of my my points of relearning redefining friendships is also to check with yourself why you are friends with people like 
check is there still a real connection are you actually still sharing in sharing interests or is it literally just because that you live close by and it's kind of convenient or because but or because you have a long history together you've known each other for so long and you're just friends because it's always been that way but actually there's not really this you can't share the same interests and things you share now with newer friends for example um and then maybe even check in with your friends with those friends and try and see what's going on like sometimes i think a conversation like that can probably rekindle a friendship that you think was slowly burning out (laughs) yes i think for me definitely um my definition of what's important in a friendship has changed i used to be that person i used to you know want to be friends with people who are just fun people fun to be around or they were very cool and I could, it, again, it was that thing of like, what, okay, but what would it say about me if I'm no longer friends with them or if I couldn't make it work with them because they are such easygoing, cool, fun people. Um, but now it has definitely changed to, I just want the same energy back. And I also, from my side, want to be able to give that energy to people as well like I just don't want because also like you said I'm um I'm kind of a hermit as well I don't like leaving the house anyway (laughs) Uh, I also am someone who gets overwhelmed very quickly as in like overstimulated so I also just and I don't mean this in a mean way but I just don't I just do not have the capacity to even with people in Belgium to like maintain so many relationships and constantly be in touch with them because I already feel guilty about not reaching out enough to the people that I genuinely care about so when there's people who you know I used to go out with or whatever but I never really saw us as like super close friends then for me it's not weird to kind of let that fizzle out when maybe they feel differently and like I said I've been on the other side of this as well um but yeah I just want to be more honest with myself about that now as well like do I still want to make an effort to stay in touch with that person and why is it just so that I can say that I'm in touch with a lot of people you know um so because I was also thinking would I want to be friends with me like am am I a good friend because we said this about relationships as well like it's good to ask yourself would I want to be with with me um and I think yes I'm a good friend now I've definitely had to like learn about and also appreciate friendships more um but I'm a good friend to the select group of people that I consider my friends I think I'm probably not the best when like I said when it's and it's never from a place of malice but like when I don't I consider someone more like an acquaintance or someone that maybe I used to be friends with but then it got to the place where we just don't talk for like six months or whatever um and then when they reach out it's often the thing of like I never actively I'm like oh I'm not gonna reply to them ever but it becomes that thing where sometimes I just am overwhelmed and I'm like oh I'll get back to them in a couple of days and then before you know it it's been a couple of months three months (laughs) (laughs) and then and then you feel like oh now it's this thing like now it's quite a big thing especially then they reach out and this is okay I'm here to be honest as well this is my toxic trait if you the more you start then reaching out to me you are like you're lowering the chances of me replying 
<laughs> I mean, what I mean is like, if you have already reached out to me on WhatsApp and on Facebook Messenger or whatever, and I haven't replied, like there is no need to then also email me, <laughs> um, to try and call me, like what? <laughs> and because then it becomes so overwhelming because then it becomes like, oh, now I need to explain myself. Like now this becomes, su- now this has become such a thing. And now it will, if I if I then reach out, it will become an entire discussion that honestly, I don't think that we should have because I don't consider us that close. And it's very painful. And again, I've been on that side as well. But I think that is just, and is it the nicest thing to do? No, it's not. No, it is not. And not replying to people is not the, it's, it's not the nice thing to do, but we've all done it. Like literally every single person yeah. has done it. And it just shows, again, because I also feel like, and we'll talk about this in next week's episode, but I think often with friendships, it's because we lack that terminology and sometimes maybe the maturity to have those conversations. I've definitely handled things in an immature way. Um because I just, or because I just didn't know in a friendship context how I was meant to express myself when it comes to that. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes it can just, it can just get to that place. Yeah, I think asking yourself, "Am I a good friend?" is a really good thing to do. That's also on my list of what I just mentioned before: redefining friendships. And now I'm going to be honest. Right now, I feel like I am currently really in the midst of trying to redefine how I approach friendship but I'm currently just like in that kind of limbo where I'm like okay I really need to get things straight because because nothing is really like because talking about those friendship relationships isn't a thing I think ever since I've moved it's more and more become confusing to me and my thing is like if it passes a certain threshold of not reaching out, I'm also not going to reach out because that's my toxic trait because I'm like, fine, I can do that too. <laughs> um, which is obviously not taking us anywhere because I could just be the bigger person and reach out and I'm really trying to find my ground now. And this is my, this is part of my shedding, <laughs> shedding era to just figure things out, figure out where I'm investing myself into, what I'm investing myself into and whatnot. And it's just like, it's going to be maybe a little bit painful and confusing for a while but I know once I get there it will be good which brings me to another point I've written down which also just says it's important to find patience both with yourself but also with the people you're learning to how to friend better basically just takes time but the adjustments will go a long way I think yeah I mean something that I've um like as I got as I get older something that I have really tried to do is like always try and assume that people are not don't mean bad like they they are still just everyone has flaws nobody really tries to hurt anyone I think um but I think yeah again it's about that stretching thing where it's like um I also think when big life changes happen you really get to know people um and moving abroad is a big change and like it is something that I have definitely noticed I mean I have friends who my friends uh they're a couple I'm very good friends with both of them they just had a baby like their baby is a couple of months old they booked a trip to London and they're staying here because they actively want to make that effort then there's people who are single can work remotely etc they don't have they can easily come over and they don't make an effort to come over and that is something that you just 
realize and that doesn't mean that then you you have to be you have to end it or whatever but it does mean maybe that you need to rethink a couple of things and that then for example when I go to Belgium that I also want to give that energy to those people who actively make that effort because they deserve that as well they deserve they deserve this the same thing from me then as well and yeah I mean you can still really care about each other and everything but I feel like it is that thing of like when does it get to a place where it's like it's we're just not we're just not equals in this or like you know and again I have felt I've had both where I where I felt like the other person was making a lot of effort that I didn't really want to give it that anymore because I felt like I had outgrown it um but then I've also had it the other way and then yeah I think in that way you just need to if that happens I think you just need to kind of decide okay am I letting this go or am I just oh, am I just reframing this friendship and the amount of effort I'm willing to put in and that is there's nothing wrong with that that's normal I think yeah I think it's very good that you also said like people obviously don't do it with malice like a lot of time and I'm aware of that but it is the thing of even if you don't do it with malice I'm obviously not on your mind or vice versa so like does that not just say already something like a redefinition of that friendship might be a good thing not uh ending the friendship like you just said basically no and I mean with with and we have talked about I mean we have an entire episode about this but with things like moving abroad and again like I don't mean mean it in like a bad way or a shady way or whatever but I was very especially in the beginning as well very much like trying to almost convince people to come over or whatever the truth of the matter is if people wanted to come over they would come over of course unless you just don't have the resources or your circumstances just do not allow you to do that but yeah it says a lot when you look at like I don't know people who just regularly make that effort or people for whom it's maybe more like yeah we'll catch catch up when you're in Belgium or something but yeah then that has kind of become a thing of like yeah but then that means that I have to make all the effort to see you and that you know like when I go to Belgium there's there's quite a few people that I then I mean you know I need to spend time with family and whatever um and yeah like you then you can't expect to be a very big priority when there's no effort from the other side and that's just that's just what it is <laughs> and and that's that's okay now like I've really learn to like not get worked up about that or like get hurt yeah. about that but just be like okay but then I need to just kind of make like yeah come to conclusions as well about how much yeah. effort we're both willing to put in yeah agreed it is what it is until it isn't it is what it, is. <laughs> it really is it really is what it is <laughs> okay um what else do you have I think I'm almost through my notes um yeah you said earlier that um men especially say that they don't really have close friends or like don't have a, a best friend or something and that was addressed in the book as well um and she also mentions the term bromance and how that is kind of just used to almost make fun of men who are very close when of course everyone craves platonic intimacy but it's almost like if two men are very close and intimate in a platonic way that's almost then it gets almost made fun of like oh it is almost like 
a romance or something when the amount of sitcoms I could name you right now it starts with Scrubs it goes to How I Met Your Mother it's the same in New Girl like Friends rest in peace Chandler um like Chandler and and Joey and like you know it's always used as a comic relief in a way always like that time Joey and Ross fall asleep together and then they're so embarrassed about it when it's like no they just had a cuddle session like that should be that should be considered normal um and then what I also what I read in the book which I really liked was that um we have this idea as a society that how friendships and also community started is from the hunter hunter woof, from the hunter-gatherers, um, because the idea is, okay, men went off to hunt and then women stayed behind and they raised the children together, so they had this community. But actually, archaeological research has shown that a significant percentage, anything from 30 to 50% of hunters might have been women, and they have found bones um, of like women with hunting tools and everything, so it is very probable that men and women went off together and that they had that bond as well. So the earliest friendships may have been between women and men um, or across genders. And so unlike what we're led to believe is, well, because we are led to believe that friendships with other genders are difficult or even impossible. But like I've said before, if a man does not have platonic relationships with women, that's a red flag. It's a bit of a red flag. <laughs> it is. And we posted this on the TikTok and we got quite a few reactions. Oh, and yeah. Not, ev- not everyone agreed. Um, but there was this one woman <laughs> who said something like, do we do the same thing for them? Do we like befriend them to show men that we respect them and everything? And then someone reacted. It was like, I need you to read that a couple of times. <laughs> I really think about what you're saying. Like, I am not saying we need to actively be like, look, I can be friends with other genders. I'm saying if as a man, there is not one woman that you in a platonic way are like, I want to hang out with this person. That just tells me that you only only... think with your dick. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just going to put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That you think women don't have what it takes to like I don't know earn your respect platonically yeah or anything and no it's a red flag I will die on this hill no (laughs) (laughs) I love it um and then sorry did you want to say anything else to this no and then because like I said that is read a bit more of the book than I did you've had a read of the frenemy section didn't you do yeah. you want to tell me and all our listeners about that part? <laughs> yes. So in that chapter, um, Elizabeth talks about a friend that she has. And she does say towards the end of the chapter that they're still friends. But I kind of want to know if they still if they are still friends after that person read that book. Because um, she talks about this kind of friendship that she has with someone who... And we have all been there. Literally every single person has been in this situation. I'm sure of it. You have this friend who is very nice and loving and fun to hang out with, but they also kind of sometimes make these small jabs at you or they say these things that are jokes. Like they they will say these things 
And then when your face falls, then they're like, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just I'm joking. But you kind of, after a while, start wondering, are you? <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> and uh, yeah. Sorry, it doesn't even have to be a joke. It can just be a comment where you're like, well, but is that? I know you didn't use a rude word, but was that just an insult? <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah. for example, uh, says when she got engaged that, her friend, who was a man, said something like, uh, oh, you, I, I can't believe that you managed to find someone or something like that. And when her first novel came out that he was like, oh, yeah, I read it in the bath uh, in like an hour because it's such a quick read, which like you can't. You, I don't care how far what how fast of a reader you are. You don't read a 400 page novel in one hour. <laughs> so either he just like scanned it or something or was just like yeah I don't care about this but then it's also like why do you feel the need to say that like I don't know and I have had these situations definitely where I feel like are you are you joking or do you mean this in a nice way or are you kind of trying to tell me how you really feel about me I don't know um and so then that also kind of has to do with um the dynamic that often I think what we see in friendships as well is maybe that maybe the friendship and she um, says that when she thinks about this now with the friendship with the woman who blanked her when they ran into each other on the street when she thinks about this now that they were never never on an equal on equal footing when the friendship started out and I think that can happen a lot as well when um, the friendship is maybe based on like one person being I don't know less what society would consider successful or something or you know like oh one person is dating a lot and has a lot of like I don't know luck with men or whatever and then the other person doesn't and is like the single friend or like oh I've definitely had it where I was like the uglier friend like the the you know the fat friend and sorry uh, you told we don't have to we don't have to put it in the podcast but didn't you tell me one time wait I there was one message. I was so shocked when you sent it to me. It was I don't know. That person said something when Gladys something. I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we can definitely leave this in. This was this was okay. someone. This was also more like a friend of a friend who said, um, yeah, something like because it, at that time we were like a group. We used to hang out together a lot and all of us were single and like most of us had been single, like had never had a relationship. And then there was one person who was like, yeah, if you ever get a relationship, then I would start to get worried. Then I would be like, okay, now we really need to step up our game because that's not, that's not normal. (laughs) I wish that person all the hemorrhoids in the world. (laughs) (laughs) In In the moment, I didn't think anything of it, but afterwards I was like, um how what what did you mean by that exactly um and I think but I think in like maybe well we weren't really friends but I think even when you are friends that can kind of be the dynamic that a relationship is built upon uh and especially and you kind of touched upon it earlier with female friendships because this is something that I've really been thinking about recently is that idea of like women being friends and the sisterhood and everything and don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, my my closest my, my closest friends. Well, no, they they're very mixed. I would say, but um, my best friend is a woman, 
and I have very close friendships with women and it can be the most beautiful and enriching thing. But I think sometimes from like a feminist message, we sometimes almost make it sound too rosy and and nice with that whole thing of like, oh, women are just the best and women lifting each other up and everything. And yes, in an ideal world, absolutely. But let's not pretend that we're all 100% with the program here. And I've definitely, I've definitely been there as well. Like I've made mistakes when it comes to this, but I feel like in reality, there is an ugly reality to women being in friend groups. And of course, this is all due to our favorite, the patriarchy, who teaches us that we need to compete for jobs, for attention and for romantic partners. Um, Because let's be real, like, I feel like people sometimes pretend that they have never, when they had a crush on a man and he was in a relationship and they looked at that woman, the first reaction was not like, oh, why is he with her? Like, she's ugly. She's this, she's that. Like, that is in reality still very often how women interact with each other. And yeah, that brings me to, there can be friendships that like, when you look at it from an outsider perspective, look very close and do look like these two women who like are lifting each other up and everything. But maybe deep down there is that kind of understanding of like one person is in control a little bit more or the other person is just considered less of a threat. And then maybe when the circumstances change, all of a sudden that just throws the entire thing off. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this before, but it's also the same, or you can see it a lot when it comes to supporting friends or how you support your friends. They can go through anything. Like we said, a big life change. They might build a house. They might get married. They might build their own business, you know. Um, And then that's when you kind of see who treats you what way and who gets excited with you and who maybe just steps back and says nothing. Like, I think saying nothing or as someone who is considered a close friend can can meet a lot, <laughs> can say a lot. Yeah. yeah, and she she talks about that as well. Um, with that same friend who um would then go to her book launches, but has never mentioned the book to her once, or like never said anything like "I'm proud of you" or whatever. Um, yeah, that that does say a lot. At this point, let me say the last um, point I have in my redefining friendships list. And that would be that we just also need to allow mess ups to happen in moderation and that we have to give space for forgiveness and resolutions, um, even if that resolution means that the friendship will maybe not be the same as it was before. But yeah, mess ups obviously happen. Like, I don't think people should just be cut out of your life because of something. There should always be a conversation had before. But again, we will talk about friendship breakups next episode. But yeah, sometimes shit happens, you know? And then you just wipe it up like I do every day since I've got a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, cool, cool. It's It's been a big one, I think. I know. I feel, I do feel like I just went to therapy. It does feel a bit like a therapy session, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, we're not sponsored yet by Better Help, but maybe one <laughs> This would be the episode <laughs> that we'll get Better Help in. Do you feel gloomy during winter? Well, <laughs> with our codes. <laughs> <laughs> our code, Muses, gives you 20% off. No, it doesn't. Oh. This is not a I- fake advert. I will, oh my God, would be a good code. I, I need Emma to reach out to me. I need some new pillows. Come on. 
Come on now. <laughs> I bought a memory foam pillow at IKEA um, when I was oh. there, and I do have to say it's good. Gr- it's good. It did say it's for side and back sleepers, and I am a full-on front sleeper. But since I've got that pillow, I'm kind of just sleeping on the side now, and it's good. <laughs> is it like? Is it a hard like a hard one? It's quite hard. You couldn't do a pillow fight; it would break someone's neck. So I, so Emma has these as well. That's like the original Emma pillow. Uh, and I got one for free because my mattress was delayed. So I was like, you know what? Throw one of those in there so I can try it. Because I've been hearing so many people, also just in my family, um, who say that once they started using these firm ones, that they just completely were converted and they only use that one now. I can't do it. I cannot. Yeah. My boyfriend I, doesn't like it either. Oh, I slept on it for maybe three hours and I was like, this is not working. It, it's like sleeping on a brick. No, <laughs> not for me. I need the fluffy hotel pillows. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it hard. <laughs> the pillows. <laughs> even, even my aunt, who also really loves firm pillows, she was like, oh, I will I sleep on this. And I was like, you know, take it, take it with you if you like it. Even she was like... It is very much. firm. Well, I don't, like I said, I don't have the Emma pillow. Mine just, it still gives in when my head goes in. Like I put my head on it and then I slowly th- sink in. That one does not. I feel like that oh. one really does not. I oh. don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan. No. I oh. love this excursion we just took. <laughs> and I feel like now I ruined, I burned our bridges with Emma now if they want to sponsor No, us. you love the mattress. So I do. Oh my God, I love the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe yeah. before we go anywhere else, let's get to our recommendation. <laughs> oh, do you have some books? Or should I start with my... I do have some books. I do. Let me just... I'll start. Uh, the first one I want to recommend is Expectations by Anna Hope. And I'm just going to read the little blurb. Um, is this the right one? Yes, it is. Hannah, Kate and Lisa are young, vibrant and inseparable. Living on the edge of a common in East London, their shared world is ablaze with art and activism, romance and revelry and the promise of everything to come. They are electric. They are the best of friends. Ten years on, they are not where they hoped to be. Amidst failing careers and faltering marriages, each hungers for what the others have and each wrestles with the same question. What does it take? to lead a meaningful life. I think that is so, that is just perfect. I think that fits this topic so perfectly. That idea of being friends because it's convenient when you're younger and then really all going a different path in life uh, and and maybe even having that jealousy or that feeling of like, why does it come so easily to you? And I want this and how that can just definitely impact a friendship. So I'm literally would... ordering it right now. You sold me that one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Go ahead. Um, the second one, and I, I've talked about this before, and we've been preaching about this woman time and time and time again, but it is just the perfect uh, memoir about friendships, Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. It is just, it's just so good. It's I just I just can't get over it. Yeah, I agree. It's in my recommendations as well. So I'm not even gonna name it then because there's a series about it. And oh, it just yeah. has yeah. This, it has a yeah, great depiction show. of friendship and heartbreak and yeah. Yeah. Friendship heartbreak, I mean. Yes. And then um a queer novel about a group um of friends during the AIDS crisis. It's it's almost a little bit like pose, but then as a book. Uh, the Great Believers by 
Makai. I don't know how to pronounce that. Makai. <laughs> um, I had a teacher called Makai. Um, oh my god, I completely said the wrong name. I actually said the teacher's first. <laughs> Another beep is going to be added. I literally just wrote, I actually wrote this down. I wrote down my all teacher's name because it, because the last name is this, oh my god. Okay, it's very early. Uh, I did this very early this morning. <laughs> so, The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. I know that there's also another book that people say is the ultimate book about friendships. It's called A Little Life. I hated that book. <laughs> I hated it. And it was such a massive hype. And it is a play now even in London. I cannot think of a more depressing thing. Uh, to go and watch like I'm sorry I that book was not for me I I despised it honestly I no 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 dude no (laughs) so I would not recommend that one but let me know if you did like it (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you thank you well I have two recommendations well three but I already mentioned the Dolly Alderton series so the other one I have is a movie called Francis Ha, <laughs> like Francis H-A is the second name. Um, and this movie is actually starring Greta Gerwig um, and she's playing Francis. And yeah, it's just about the relatable characters, professional and friendship struggles that she's going through. They intensify, all those struggles intensify when her roommate and her best friend moves from there. She had shared apartment in Brooklyn to an expensive home in Tribeca, leaving Frances basically homeless and she has to couch surf between other friends' houses. And yeah, her life just is on a downward spiral. But Sophie, that's her best friend, her life is only getting better and it causes confusion and pain between the two separated friends. So it's a really, it's a really cool movie. It's quite artsy as well. Like it's nice. Um, there's some black and white scenes in it as well, which reminds me when it sets in New York, um, well, Brooklyn, New York. Um, and when I was in New York with a friend, there's this one scene in the movie where she runs and like jumps and like almost gallops through the streets of New York. And I love New York and I was very excited to be in New York. So I obviously felt like recreating that. So I was jumping alongside the roads in my blue dress Um and with all the jumping and moving my legs, my underwear went up my bum and my dress went all the way up. And my friend behind me, I just didn't hear her for a while anymore. When I turned around, it was because she was dying of laughter. Um, because, she, yeah, I showed her the moon. Anyway. <laughs> the a Great example that the, sometimes fiction should be fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe. I mean, I had a great time. Didn't get arrested either, so it was fine. Um, and then the other one. It's an older one. Well, older one. It's a one, it's one that probably most people know, but I was thinking of Bridesmaids as well. Um, the one with Melissa McCarthy in it. Um, where they all get food poisoning. I hate that scene so much. Um, but it is a comedy um where it's mainly about the friendship between the bride to be and her childhood best friend um again it's very similar to Frances Ha where like the life such as very different when it comes to what society sees as a successful life and whatnot she has quite hard financial times um so yeah so once her best friend one of the friends gets engaged um she tries to be happy for her but yeah there's just a lot of tension and issues and yeah if you don't know it it's an easy watch it's interesting 
And yeah, go for it. And then actually, I was thinking of one more. I didn't write it down because it's it's a big stretch. But I think it, the horror movie, um, because it is about a group of friends. And yes, it's a horror movie and there's a scary clown. But especially when you read the book, like I got goosebumps because of one of the scenes in the book where the friends just really become that solid friend group as children. It obviously all changes once they're older, but also they go through quite a lot of clowny trauma. So you might not a want lot, to be right. A lot of clownery. A lot of clownery. But yeah, I think it's really, especially the book, there's like nice friendships between those children and they call themselves the Loser Club. And I even had to buy that jeans jacket because I wanted to be one of them. Well, minus the clown. Um, so yeah. That's cute. It, it's kind of like Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Same they vibe. get bonded well by trauma. <laughs> but then then yeah. also there's that bit where part of them, a couple of them move away, and then there's that whole thing about like growing up and when one of them is like, Yeah, I still want to just play Dungeons and Dragons together, like nothing has changed, yeah. and you've all got girlfriends, and then the other ones are like, Did you honestly think that we were going to do that for the rest of our lives. And then they don't play D&D anymore. And then the next season starts two months later with them all joining a D&D club without, without him. Yeah, <laughs> so- the kick in his face. Yes, <laughs> I would assume it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah. But yeah, those were the recommendations. So this has been a bit of a longer one, but there was a lot to say. Turned out a bit to be a therapy session i enjoyed it a lot um but again before we wrap up we also just wanted to say thank you for all of you who made it to the end of the episode we hope you enjoyed it could relate to something and yeah remember the journey doesn't end here we will be back next week with a new episode of this friendship theme we did tease it already it's gonna be about breakups friendship breakups specifically and yeah Yes, and also about one of the most fascinating topics out there, I think, ghosting. Ooh, yeah, yes. Quite, yeah, quite ghosting. a bit to say about that as well. Um, but <laughs> as always, and especially now, because this is a topic that everyone has experiences with, we want to hear from you. So share your experiences and your stories. Reach out to us. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Uh, we're on Instagram at We Are Millennial Musings. We're on TikTok where we are at Millennial Musings. I did it right this time. <laughs> um, and share your own musings and funny moments and the not so glorious times of being a millennial. Absolutely. So until next week, stay curious and yeah, send us your stories. Bye. Bye.